0: It is Olga Zar. This is a very special episode of SEO Sly Podcast, where I have my favorite guest. This is Jason Barnard, the Brand Serb guy. And I want to talk about, uh, I want to ask Jason about uh, what's, what's happening recently with Google. We know there have been so many updates. A few updates running at the same time and uh, I think what Jason believes what he has to say will be super super interesting to you so I want to like pick his brains on that today because like this is really huge so Jason how are you doing
1: I'm doing absolutely fine Olga my favorite host
0: that's cool yeah <laughs> and i think we are going to have um, a follow-up a live follow-up on that in december because like this is so huge so okay yeah. so, so... For, i mean
1: from from my perspective we've got this then i'm going to do a talk on my own later on today uh, on the CaliCube channel so everybody join us for that and then in december we can do a follow-up because things are going to change again uh, as with everything, Google it changes over time. So whatever we say today will have been slightly adapted in a month and a half's time.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Thanks for clearing this up. So everyone, go to uh, go to CaliCube's YouTube channel today for for the slides for the for something you really want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I can say. Okay, Jason, so, so many updates like Google core update, Google helpful content update, Google spam updates, and so many things happening even, even this year, even over the last, I don't know, a few weeks. So you, you are claiming, I heard you claim that this is the biggest <laughs> Google update ever. And why do you think so? What makes you think so?
1: Right. Yeah. Claim. Um... I don't know if I know it or if I'm claiming it, um, but I've been in SEO since 1998. So I started in the same year that Google started. So I've seen the whole thing and I've lived with Google. I've grown up with Google and Google's grown up with me, but Google grew up a lot faster and a lot bigger than I did. Um, But from my experience, this is the most fundamental change I have ever seen with the most repercussions in the SERP. And that comes from the fact that the knowledge vault, Google's main knowledge graph, and the SERPs both updated at the same time in July. And that was quickly followed by the helpful content update of September, which is very closely linked to that big update in July. So if we if we look at it from that perspective, it's two aspects of the Google algorithm updating at the same time, or more or less one after the other, with search gener- generative experience that's going to follow in a, in a couple of months. So that's a triple whammy we're looking at. And I've never seen a triple whammy of that size.
0: Oh yeah, that's big. Can you talk about those two Google kind of aspects updating? What is Google Knowledge Vault? What it is for people who don't
1: know like? Right, yeah, Google's Knowledge Vault is Google's repository of facts. It's like a machine readable encyclopedia, like Wikipedia, but machine readable and much, much bigger. So Wikipedia has got six million articles in English. The Knowledge Vault, Google's main knowledge graph contains 50 billion facts. Wow. Oh, sorry, 50 billion entities. And that's what we're going to announce later on. And 5,000 billion facts. And what's happened is that we have been tracking the Knowledge Graph, the Knowledge Vault, since 2015. And every summer we see an update. And we see a pretty huge update every summer and this time we saw a huge update but a huge update that was incredibly focused and easily identifiable as being focused so generally speaking what you'll see is a big update in the number of entities the number of things facts that google has understood that it's put in this knowledge vault but it's generalized it will be people it will be companies it will be events it will be Uh, films, music, whatever it is, all the facts that Google's trying to understand in its knowledge world. And this time we saw incredibly clearly that it's just people.
0: Uh Okay.
1: It's focused pretty much exclusively on person entities.
0: Okay. So that
1: immediately draws my attention. And the reason I wanted to do this interview with you, Olga, is you set me on the path to discover this. Because you said... I've just been tagged as a writer by Google and I'm really upset and I've been crying in my breakfast cereal all morning. I want to be an SEO consultant. And yeah, I went and... away and I thought, well, I, I wonder why so many SEOs are tagged as writers. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to mention that you you were helping me with my name change, rebrand. And this is how you got me Google Knowledge Panel and this is how I started to be recognized by Google recently as a writer and I wanted to be SEO professional, like SEO consultant. This is how I call myself everywhere. And now I see I am writer. And I think I had a conversation with you and your team about that. Like, And I was really kind of complaining, why am I a writer? <laughs> <laughs> and you are now telling me that this is okay, right?
1: Right. Let's come back two steps. Yes. Number one is... You decided to change your name from Olga Zaretshne to Olga Zah, And that's where we helped you in your personal rebranding. And I think that's a hugely important aspect of, of people's personal brand is rebranding oneself by changing a name. In your case, you changed it to make it easier for people to remember, but also getting married, uh, accepting your partner's name, however that might be, be made. Or rebranding so that you become less ambiguous. If you're called John Smith, you might want to change your name to John Michael Smith in order to be less ambiguous and more easily understood and more easily found, findable. That was the first point. Then you said, well, i got a knowledge panel. The knowledge panel is your Google business card. Google's stamp of approval for you. So when somebody searches a name, the website, they see this wonderful knowledge panel, which is understanding of the facts, and they think, wow, older looks like a real pro. Then additionally, that understanding of the facts means that Google can fully apply EEAT signals, experience, authoritativeness, expertise, and trustworthiness, which is today's equivalent of inbound links, which is your credibility signals. If it doesn't understand explicitly who who you are, it cannot apply the EEAT credibility signals fully. So those are two first points. The next point was the really interesting one from our perspective in a geeky way is once you've understood, Google needs to understand who I am in order to apply my EEAT credibility signals. My audience needs to see the Google Knowledge Panel to understand that Google thinks that I'm trustworthy and that they think I'm really cool. And the third thing is, how does Google perceive me? What's my role in this world according to Google? And your role has become writer. And you were saying, oh, that's rotten. I want to be an SEO specialist. SEO specialist is great. But isn't it better from a credibility perspective and an authority perspective to be a writer about SEO? Because a writer is somebody who is credible. A writer is somebody you can apply EEAT signals to. An SEO specialist isn't or is less so.
0: You're right. And it makes my blog posts, my articles more powerful kind of immediately, yes. right? Yeah. Right. If and if we is...
1: accept that the Google is applying E-E-A-T credibility signals to the author and the website owner, which is what it says in the Qu- Google Quality Rater guidelines, then we want to be recognized as an author or writer because then we can say I'm a writer specialized in SEO. So SEO becomes your topical authority and writer becomes your role.
0: Yeah. So maybe it wasn't that bad. Google was educated correctly by you and it correctly understood because like, this is how I started like in SEO, being seen in SEO by writing a lot on my blog and on other blogs, right?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, that's really good. I'll keep waving my finger around. But that's a great point, is it's easier for Google to understand that you're a writer because of the way that we present ourselves online by writing for other blogs. For it to evaluate your credibility as a writer, it can just go to Search Engine, search engine Journal, uh, WordLift's blog, SEMrush's blog, and it can say, well, all of these credible, authoritative sources have accepted that Olga will write about SEO. So they're yeah. accepting your. are not- SEO is great, but they don't know if you're a very good professional SEO service provider. It's much more difficult for Google to get that because it would need the reviews from your clients. So pinpointing you as an authoritative, trustworthy, expert, and experienced writer about SEO is much, much easier for Google.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm now now kind of okay with that. (laughs) You convinced me.
1: Now, what was really cool is you sent me down the rabbit hole because I thought, well, being a writer isn't such a bad thing, but why isn't she being seen as an SEO consultant? Because we had pushed SEO consultant and Google had ignored it and picked up on writer. And that was when I looked in our database. Now, we've got 7 million knowledge graph entries in our our database that we've tracked over the last years. And... Uh, in to- what, what I was able to do was track over time how many have been added, how many are removed, what the subtitles are, and what the reference URLs are. And when I looked in the data, the July fourteenth to the seventeenth, the knowledge graph grew by I think it was a third, so it got thirty percent bigger in four mm. days. That's huge. So Google just injected. Absolutely loads of data into the knowledge vault and added one third extra. And then I dug down further and I thought, well, what's this thing about writers? And what I discovered is the number of corporations and organizations in the knowledge vault was flat. It didn't increase at all. The number of events didn't increase at all. Mm. The number of songs didn't increase at all. The number of people increased threefold. Wow. That's... The only increase in entity type was people.
0: Huh. So that's why you call this the people update, kind of the update about people. And I yep. think you also have a very um, catchy, I would say, easy to remember name, which I think will be just like with Panda, Penguin, Florida, I think some of those Names were coined by SEOs, and in the case of this update, this will be, I think, a killer whale, right?
1: Yeah, I think I've made a mistake, because we called it killer whale, but panda and penguin are these black and white animals, and they're both to do with spam, so we should have saved killer whale for the spam update, which is probably going to come next year. There's going to be a knowledge vault spam update, or a knowledge panel spam update, and we... Potentially could have kept it for that. but It doesn't really matter. We'll call it Killer World because it's huge and it makes a splash, which I think is fun. But then if we dig further than that, which is where I was going with you, was what happened to the subtitles? Now, the number of subtitles for people actually went down. So Google removed an enormous number of subtitles. And then Mm -hmm. what I realized is the only ones that went up were writer, academic, Mathematician, Mm -hmm. statistician, analyst, things that went down, i.e. less subtitles, musician, actor, film director. So what Mm -hmm. we have there is very clearly a set that we can apply EAT credibility signals to, writer, author, mathematician, analyst, statistician, and a list that we can't directly attach credibility signals to, author, film director... um, football player whatever it might be so it's very clearly not only person entity focused but also eeat credibility classification focused and then if you look at the september update google announced that what they had done is implemented much better classification that's one of the cornerstones of the september update is classification and it's helpful content therefore it's eeat so classification plus eeat equals subtitles and person entities in the knowledge graph. So the knowledge graph updated in July, and that update was then implemented in the main algorithms in September. And in September, we saw an uptick of 15%, I think it was, of knowledge panels. Whereas in July, we saw no uptick in knowledge panels at all. And knowledge panels Mm -hmm. are related to the knowledge vault in the sense that if you have a place in the knowledge vault, you will have a knowledge panel. It won't necessarily show when somebody searches your name, but you will have a knowledge panel, but the knowledge panels only started to appear in brand SERPs, which is the search engine results page for your brand name, company name, or personal name. They only started to appear in the search results on mass, as we say in September during the helpful content update, which included knowledge panels, a go-go.
0: Yeah. This is so cool. Yeah, that is isn't the it? way you presented that and. This may be a newbie question, but uh, how exactly is it? How do you keep track of Knowledge Vault? How it is changing? Like, how do you do it inside of CaliCube?
1: Oh, we just ping Google's Knowledge Graph API and pull in the results.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then we store them over time. So we've got, um, I can't remember how many it is, it might be 50 million lines, maybe 100 million. I can't remember. It's huge numbers. You start to lose count after a while. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. 7 million unique KGM IDs, which is unique entities wow. that the Knowledge Vault has, has in its memory, and we can therefore extrapolate from that the size of the Knowledge Graph because we can see how much our data set is growing. And when you've got 7 million examples, it's pretty easy to figure out what the changes are. Obviously, at the scale Google's working out with the Knowledge Vault, we have a tiny, tiny, tiny data set, but compared to the number of keywords for example, it's no smaller than SEMrush's dataset compared to what they're trying to track. So our data is as reliable as SEMrush's or any of the other big platforms because we have a relatively similar amount of data.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you also think, so you think there is a connection uh, with the September helpful content update, but do you think there is also a connection with the core update? This this one?
1: Yeah, the September one was a core update. The October one is also a core update. And apparently the August one was as well. So we've just seen three very major announced updates from Google, which I've never seen before either, in three months. Yeah. And then in July, we saw the SERPs uh, very, very volatile between the 14th and the 18th when the Knowledge Vault was updating. I've never seen that before either. And if you look at Algroo, Which is the Australian tracker, and you look right back over time to the beginning, 2018. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It was the hottest period for CERP volatility in the history.
0: I I remember. And that was
1: July when the knowledge vault was updating and not September.
0: Okay, so it looks like you have deciphered what Google is doing. But do you yeah. have any cases? Oh, and of... excuse me,
1: I, I actually retract a comment I made earlier on. I realized we don't have relatively the same amount of data as SEMrush. I was thinking about it afterwards. SEMrush had a much bigger data set that is actually relatively close to what they need. So that was um, over the ambitious of me, over enthusiastic. We have a huge data set, 7 million is big in anybody's book.
0: So July, the update of, of yeah. Knowledge Vault uh, happens like? Volatil- volatility kind of uh, follows but uh, do you have any cases of your clients of your seo friends that they had really experienced something EEAT related back then or does it all happen after those updates? because the update uh, happened then and then we have those core updates and only after those core updates we, do we see those kind of massive, more massive, dramatic differences in SERPs in rankings.
1: That's a really interesting question. I hadn't really thought it through properly. You've just made me think it through properly. Number one (laughs) is that volatility in the SERPs involves either changing elements in the SERPs, more or less knowledge panels, or more or less featured snippets or more or less video boxes, or changes in the positions of the, the, the rankings. That's volatility in the cert that we can measure using a tool like SEMrush or Algrew or um, Accuranker is another one we used to to double check the historical data. The Knowledge Vault update changed your subtitle in July, if you remember, and it changed Mm -hmm. a lot of people's information in the Knowledge Panel towards the end of July. So what happens is the Knowledge Vault will update, it will update the Knowledge Panels more or less instantaneously in, in a week or so, and then it settled down over f- three or four weeks. So all of these tools won't have seen that change unless they're measuring changes in the makeup of a knowledge panel, which is where it will have affected. So it may well be that some, a tool like SEMrush didn't necessarily see this volatility because they're measuring it differently to Accuranker or to Albreu. So what we saw here was a change in the elements knowledge elements in terms of their content, rather than the actual makeup of the SERP, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense.
0: Okay. That explains it.
1: And then my, my assessment that the July update in the knowledge vault was then integrated into the SERP in the September helpful content update is that the number of physical knowledge panels on brand SERPs, the search engine results page for a person's name or a company name went up by 15%. And that has never happened before. We've got once again data going back eight years. We've got 10 million knowledge panels in our database. We've never seen such an increase in knowledge panels on brand search. And the knowledge panels were all for people.
0: Uh So
1: the connection is is undeniable.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So I am even more happy and happier now uh, than I was (laughs) that I am a writer. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So what would have happened is a lot of people got a place in the knowledge vault, the main knowledge graph, in July, but they will only have seen the knowledge panel in September.
0: Uh Uh-huh. But what we
1: saw is a lot of people in the SEO industry saying, I got a knowledge panel, I got a knowledge panel. But that's just luck. It's nothing to do with the actual update, in the sense that at scale, once you look at 7 million, you can see it didn't make a big difference. It did in September. But what it did do is change the information and i would guess that the people who saw a change in their knowledge panel in july are the people who are affected fundamentally by the change in subtitle from for example seo specialist to writer
0: yeah okay because like for i'm not sure exactly if that happened in july i i I don't think so what i've been seeing like constant increases to of traffic and positions on my blog. And I haven't really been doing much, okay. but I'm seeing that I've been seeing that on a consistent basis, like for a couple of months, I think. Yeah, maybe that's related. Maybe that's not related. I haven't like done any scientific kind of tests, measurements, but that's a thought right now. So yeah, I, mean, of, you... I I
1: think I think that's definitely something you can you can look into, and it would be lovely if somebody did some research into that. It's how many people who have blogs who now have a place in the knowledge vault are now seeing better rankings on their websites. Um, yeah, we're so involved in brand SERPs because we're we're really doing what Erin Sparks calls entity sculpting. oh, it's yeah. building the entity in the form that we want it to be and presenting it to Google so Google understands it exactly the way we want. Google understands who I am, it understands how I want to be presented and it will present me the way that I want. And it understands me the way I want, which is an authoritative expert, experienced and trustworthy, aka credible person in the digital marketing space.
0: Totally, because like my next question was supposed to be like, this is a very niche area within SEO, what you do. And if you can talk about like how important it is for like uh, companies, for people, because like usually I don't think like people, people at least now, most of them pay or companies pay enough attention to that. They are usually about traffic rankings, but this element is often like kind of neglected. So can you talk about it? Mm -hmm. How important is it to kind of take care of that and how you take care of that, CaliCube?
1: Yeah, I've I've been a kind of one man trumpet for the last eight years, talking about this over and over again with everybody just going, Yeah, what's Jason talking about? Oh, again, he's talking about brand search. So that search result for your name or your company name. I've been obsessed by it for eight years. And now, today is the time that this is paying off. Is that I've always said, that's your Google business card. People are bottom of funnel will search your brand name, your personal name before they do business with you. And we all do it, but we all don't think about the fact that other people do it when they're going to be working with us. So getting that to look really good to your audience is of huge importance. It's your Google business card. But secondly, if you look at the details of the brand SERP, when you search your name, what appears, what did you expect to appear and what do you want to appear? And what you expect to appear and what appears are never the same thing. And the fact is that you can look into that search result for your brand name or your personal name, and you can understand through Google's eyes how it sees the world's perception of you, which means that you can analyze that brand set and understand what it it is you're doing right and what it is you're doing wrong in your digital marketing strategy. So it's a springboard, and this is how we use it. It's a springboard to build a bespoke digital marketing strategy that never fails. We call it the CaliCube process. Mm -hmm. Because Google gives you... The mirror that you need to look in, and say, "Am I doing this right? Am I appealing to the right people? Am I focusing on the right platforms?" So, if you look at your own brand surf, and then you look at your competitors' brand SERPs, and you bring all of those competitors together and create a templated brand surf for your industry, your entity type, and your geo region. So, a company in the US, um, I don't know a company in the US in the pharmaceutical industry. If you can pick all of the brand certs or go through all of the brand certs of all of these other companies who are equivalent to you us company in the pharmaceutical industry then you can figure out where you should be focusing and then you can compare it to what you're doing and see what you're doing wrong compared to the template of your industry of what the perfect digital marketing strategy looks like and that's what the canicu process does and that's what canicu pro our saas platform does automatically yeah, what we do like... is analyze The entire industry and yourself, and then we figure out where you're right, where you're wrong, where you should be going, and what how you can refocus your attention and your resources to build a better, more effective, more efficient digital marketing strategy, more profitable at the end of the day. Sorry, Olga, I interrupted.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say that like doing that uh, on my own, if I were like doing it for myself, or like that seems like an impossible task. Like.
1: Yeah. And that's a really good point. A lot of people try to do it themselves and that's fine. I mean, you can do it for free. I mean, what we're doing with the Calico process is giving away a free digital marketing strategy or a strategy for digital marketing strategies, perhaps we should say. But if you do it yourself, your analysis is going to be biased. Your analysis is going to be incomplete and it's going to take you absolutely loads of time and you're going to get lost. And what we've done is created an automated system that isn't biased that does it algorithmically, that uses machine learning in order to make sure that we've got the exact right strategy for your specific business. And I love it. And if if we come back to this update, what has just happened is it makes our analysis even more accurate because Google's getting better at classification. Google's getting better at entities. And when you look at it, geo region, classification of your industry and your entity type company or person, that's exactly what Calicube does. And it's exactly where Google are getting better and better and better at the moment.
0: Yeah, totally. Like I think like I wouldn't it wouldn't be possible for me to do it on my own. And I would probably neglect that, even though this is a very, very important part, especially for me, for SEO consultants, even mm. though they are classified as writers so i cannot really like imagine doing it myself and the way you did it was really smooth i was like basically presented with a ready to go kind of list of things i just had to really really quickly review the things you found the links you found and i was really surprised by some links I, i don't think i would have googled them myself the profiles different different types of things
1: right 100 and in fact um that there are multiple things there number one is the machine does the algorithmic prioritization it finds all of these links. then elisa is the person who sent you the list the human intuition the human understanding of the situation is what makes all the difference so elisa is standing between you and the machine and making what the machine spits out caliq pro spits out helpful and understandable to you and I would never forget the human in the loop. And in this case, it's Elisa and her team, Elisa, Nell, and Anne, um, who were hugely important to the, the whole process. Um, and from from that perspective as well, the the idea that we need to look after this is something that people overlook and often say, well, I'll do that next year because I can't see the immediate return on investment. Um, and from my perspective, it's a huge mistake.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so final question, like with everything you have just said, what can be, what are the tips you can give to people knowing that we have this killer whale update, so many things change, like what should we be SEOs doing right now?
1: Right. Well, if if you look at the July update, which was person-based, EEAT-based, so three times more people absolutely no increase in corporations or organizations in the Knowledge Vault. What's next? It's corporations. What is Google going to try to do? It's going to try and catch all the YMYL and the EEAT labeled organizations and leverage those. So your media sites, reliable media sites are typically going to be EEAT. Pharmaceutical sites are typically going to be YMYL where Google's going to treat them once they've understood them correctly in the knowledge vault with a little bit more care and attention. So corporations is the next big thing. Don't miss the boat. You need to manage your entity. You need to sculpt your entity. You need to work actively or proactively to make sure that Google correctly understands your entity. And you get a place in the knowledge vault because the knowledge vault will then trigger the knowledge panel. And the knowledge panel is the visible result of your work. So that's one way you can sell it to your boss. If you're a person and you missed the boat, i.e., you weren't in the knowledge, you aren't in the knowledge panel, sorry, knowledge graph, or you haven't got a knowledge panel now, there's going to be more updates. What happens when Google makes a huge update like this? They look at the results and they think, oh, well, we messed up there. That could have been better, this could have been better, and then they do a a, a, either a partial rollback, rollback or a, an additional update. In the knowledge vault, your updates are December, February, or March, July. And mm-hmm. that's been true for the last five or six years. So you can bet your bottom dollar in December they're going to do some kind of update on people. And for that, you need to be ready today. There's about a four to four to eight week delay between when you put something online and when it's actually reflected in one of these updates. And then, next year, I would bet my bottom dollar that corporations are going to be the big next step. So if your corporation has a knowledge panel, you need to reinforce it. If it doesn't have a knowledge panel, you need to build it. You need to make sure that Google's explicitly and confidently understood your entity. And I push there on confidently, because understanding is one thing. Getting the knowledge panel is great. It means Google has understood getting a solid knowledge panel that sticks around and is accurate is confident understanding. And everybody in the industry, everybody in the business world underestimate, I believe, the importance of Google's confidence in its understanding and its confidence in the results it's showing. Confidence is the key. So you need to build understanding, you need to build confidence, and then you need to make sure that the relationship between your entity and Google is one of trust.
0: Okay, that's really, yeah, cool.
1: Sorry, I got cool. a bit overexcited there.
0: Yeah. So where can people find you, follow you? What should people do? Where should people go right now? Because like, they should be following you if they aren't right. well.
1: Right. Well, number one is later on today, 8 p.m. Central European time, which I think is 2 p.m. New York time. I'm going to do a presentation of this. I'm going to go into more depth. It's going to be more structured, a little less overexcited, probably. Um, And I'll try to answer live the questions that people have. So that's 8 p.m. Central European time today, Wednesday, the 25th of October or 2 p.m. New York time, if you're in New York, and I can't remember what time it might be somewhere else. I think in Australia, it's going to be 2 a.m. If you want to stay up, then do so. Otherwise, it's going to be on replay. Um, If you want to follow me, follow me on Twitter or on LinkedIn. But the best place to follow Jason Barnard and Kelly Cube is to get signed up to our newsletter. Because what I realize is I'm less and less interested in social media and more and more interested in communicating through newsletters, through webinars, with questions, live Q&As, masterminds. Um that kind of human touch and the newsletter which is sharing our news. Um, social media, that's Joanne on the CaliCube team. She's amazing, she shares lots and lots of information. So I would advise you to follow Calicube on social media rather than me.
0: Okay, cool, cool, Jason. I'm really honored that you were here and you shared as always so many tips, so many knowledge bombs that I would probably have to rewatch it a couple of times to absorb everything it was really an Brilliant. honor thank you
1: thank you olgazar writer specializing in ser
0: yeah totally 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 <laughs>
1: okay. have i convinced you
0: yes you have definitely I've, I've
1: spent the last two months trying not to tell you don't don't change your subtitle but i couldn't because i couldn't let the bat cat out of the bag
0: <laughs> yeah Okay. So thank you, Jason. And thanks everyone and see you in the follow-up.
1: Thank you, Olga. See you in December. Bye-bye.
0: Yeah. Bye-bye.